expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. I, I thought that was a stick of dynamite for a second. It did look a little like that, didn't it? Yeah, I thought, well, you got some fireworks here to set off in the studio? It's my thunder machine. Isn't that cool? Do it again, do it again. You got it. It's tricky to do it without making the <laughs> Alrighty then. Yeah, uh, uh, Wes, our friend Wes brought this in. One of those thrift store finds, yeah. and we've been using it as a as a sound effect on a couple of the other shows. Kind of cool, yeah, pretty cool. Well, welcome it's to the huh? Find all kinds of good things. At oh, the, you do. I try to tell people you, you, Teen Challenge thrift store. You really need to understand that you're cheating yourself if you don't pop your head into a thrift store once in a while because right. you can find some amazing things. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I. Yeah, it's one of my weaknesses. Thrift stores is good deals. I good think deal. more than than thrift stores. But yeah, I told my wife we should uh, in our retirement, or you know, we, yeah, we go buy some storage units and then go open up a thrift store and you could be like that. Sell this that yeah. TV show. Yeah. There's people that goes in the store. Storage they, wars. Storage wars. That's yeah, awesome show. Man, I'm telling you, they find amazing stuff. Sometimes oh, they find man. nothing, and sometimes they find. I mean, they make bank, man. Right. So if you if you go somewhere and something's on sale, and it's it costs you eighty dollars, but it's fifty percent off. Do you save $40 or have you spent $40? Huh? So Marcia comes home and says, I saved $40. Mm. I go, how much was it normally? 80 I said, no, you didn't save 40 You spent 40 Where's the 40 you saved? See my point? Yeah. See, I would not be a good partner going thrift is that, store is shopping. Is that like a glass half fill or half empty? Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. Well, the welcome glass to it. Is always full. It's always full. Yeah. You just can't see it if you know the if it's that when you look at the glass and right. it's half full of something. Uh, yeah. The other half is still full. It's just you can't see see what's there's in molecules there. in there, right? Well, air. Air, right? I mean it, So it's it, always full. If you're gonna be, you know, scientific and practical oh, about there's God. air, but you could also look at it as your life, right? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. So welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today. Today. With Dave Fleming. Monty. Uh, and the Monty. Man. 
And so uh, a little more nonsense. My, my son brought up an interesting point. He loves to debate. He said, is water wet or not? And I'm thinking, and I know his mind, and I said, no, it's not. And he goes, correct. I said, so explain yourself. He says, wet is the sensation we feel once we come in contact with it, but by itself, it is not wet. So he went on for like an hour about this. Um, that's just that's just kind of the mind of my son. And my wife goes, see where he gets it? <laughs> so I guess... What's uh, another one of those? <laughs> uh, Apple? Those Apple stories? Yeah. The, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree? Yeah, that's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. So what time is it, I wonder? I wonder what time it is. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. What time is it? It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're messy. Um, all right. This was actually sent in uh, by Jason S., a listener. Wow. San Luis Obispo, California. You know where San Luis Obispo is? Yes, I Cal do. Cal Poly's down there. Yep. Be- beautiful green rolling hills. Looks a little bit like Ireland. Isn't there like a town near there that's like Swiss- Switzerland town or I something? I don't know. The San Clemente is down, down yeah. there where the Hertz Castle is. and all There's that. like a town where you, it's like being driving d- through Switzerland. Yeah. And they, I mean, everything is like from Sweden. Oh, maybe. I, I I think it's near there. Well, I know I know the the landscape is very much like Ireland mm. and Switzerland. It's very green and and plush. Well, this this is maybe not so pleasant, but we'll see. Twenty uh, seven year old Stanley had a bad habit of hooking up with what appears to be the wrong women. Uh-oh. So after the fifth try at a serious relationship, Stanley gave up and decided that he would stick to owning a pet, Dave. Uh-oh. <laughs> so Stanley went to the local Humane Society and purchased himself an a eight, sheep. Uh, no, not a sheep. An eight-year-old German shepherd named Petey. Well, among some of Stanley's dysfunctions was that he was a huge fan of hash. So much so that he had a stash of hash in his home, approximately 12 pounds of the stuff. This is like a Cheech and Chong joke. I don't know, man. I've been checking it out. But Stanley was no fool. He kept his hash in a secure location, deep tucked, uh, t- tucked deeply within the basement of his large San Luis Obispo home. One night, after a rather large party at Stanley's residence, Stanley received... Some visitors who weren't in the mood for a party, but more interested in questioning Stan concerning some drug trafficking accusations from nearby neighbors. <laughs> it gets it, this gets great. During the questioning, one of the officers recognized Stanley's dog as Petey, the retired DEA pup from several years prior. <laughs> Now, how Petey ended up in the local Humane Society shelter wasn't sh- it wasn't clear, but one thing was sure: Petey hadn't lost his ability to sniff out narcotics. Long story short, Stanley's dog led police directly to the basement of his home and to Stan's stash of hash. Wow! 
You see, Petey was for man's best friend, right? (laughs) Petey was the name given to the dog, but as P D, as in police department, not P E D, police dog or police dog. Yeah, Uh, Petey now has a new home with a local deputy and his family, enjoying retirement in a more appropriate surrounding. Wow. That's great. I am telling you, your sin you will can't find make you your out. stuff up, right? No. I mean, at, so uh, San Luis Obispo, who knew? I would expect it from Florida, but there you go. Petey. Petey the police dog. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't know. I, it, that's one of those things you just wouldn't expect to happen to you if you were a hash-smoking guy wanting a dog, right? Um, well, you know what they say about karma, man. It's sweet, right? <laughs> Eventually, stuff you know, it comes to fruition. It does indeed. All right, so that's our little icebreaker, little bumper music here. Come on now, there it is. Whee! All right, we'll be back right after this with the topic: powerless hmm. or not, or not. Don't go away. When you're a prisoner. Wait, what? It's almost time. It sure is for the 7th Annual Hope Fest, Arizona. Saturday, September 29th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in the Avapai County Courthouse Plaza in beautiful downtown Prescott, Arizona. Live music, local and national recording artists, guest speakers, free family fun zone, car and motorcycle show, the Hope Series Community Resource Fair, food vendors, and so much more. And headlining the music this year, it's Selah. That's the 7th Annual Hope Fest, Arizona, Saturday, September 29th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Visit www.hopefestaz.com. We have returned. Oh, and by the way, uh, tomorrow is the fourth annual summer barbecue uh, with Lifeline Connections alumni up in Vancouver, uh, Washington. Fun, food, raffles, games, face painting, dunk tank, and a bouncy house for Dave. Hmm. Uh, Everybody's welcome to this thing. It's from 3 to 6 p.m. at 10702 Northeast 117th Court in Vancouver, Washington at Faith Center. And Lifeline Connections, they're part of the Southwest Washington Recovery Coalition, which uh, we we, uh, love to attend uh, their events as often as we can. So check that out. For more information, go to – where should you go to? I guess you go to lifelineconnections.org. Okay. There there you go. Mm. A little barbecue-y time. There's an AA camp out going up, uh, up in Foster right now. Um, AA camp at an AA, AA camp out. Yeah, oh. that's going on up in Foster. Where's Foster? Foster is the reservoir right uh, west east. <laughs> My directions are wrong. East of Sweet Home. <laughs> you go through Sweet Home and you keep going, and Foster's right there, Sunnyside Park. Okay. So if you're so inclined, um, there you go. So the topic is uh, powerless or not. 
We're not. So, are, you know, are you powerless? It, it's interesting because I'm finding that a lot of times people are just talking about semantics when it comes to this issue. Right. Um, and and so, Dave, what spurred this on, this topic, powerless? Question mark. I, I, I think it was last week. We It came up and we said, let's... Do it next week. <laughs> Save this for next week. Um, yeah, which it's funny how God works because it actually tied into uh, today's uh, devotional, which probably would have been the topic if the topic wasn't powerlessness, but it uh, it fits together very nicely. It, right. it was let go and let God. Yeah. Right? And so uh, powerless... It is probably one of my favorite topics because of all the controversy, if you will. Oh, do you like uh, controversy? I love controversy. Do you, I love do having you. a problem mm-hmm. and then uh, coming up with a solution. So whenever I see a problem, I try to uh, help uh, whoever is dealing with that problem to see a better solution or a different well, solution. Well, people think there's controversy within politics, but let me tell you, if oh, you're in the recovery really? community, there's plenty of controversy. So, you know, the feeding trough is full. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> get me started here. And it doesn't it you know what it, you know what it is? Oh, it's 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 personalities, right? Right. So, it's supposed to be principles before personalities. Sure. But I think what happens a lot of times is it the opposite because we got human beings involved. Yeah, and we some people still want to control things and you know do it my way. Right, and, and that, a lot of that's based in 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 fear. Right, trying to control everything. Maybe I'm afraid I'm not going to be in control, so I'm going to try to control you. Uh, some people are narcissistic where. They yeah. have to always be right because they're just, you know, they're the, just that's who they are. Just, they're just the bomb or whatever they think they are. <laughs> <laughs> I could write a list. I mean, they, they, they. Uh, I mean, not <clears throat> to uh, uh, use derogatory terms, um, but you're going to anyway. None, none in, intended. You know, you guys, everything's got to be PC. Correct these days, and I. Oh, not but on we this lovingly show. refer to some people that are kind of over the top. Yeah, is like the the AA Nazis or the sure. NA Nazis. Yeah, how uh, they're they're the way they see the program is mm-hmm. the only way, and that you better do it this way or else. But when you look at like what they're saying in the literature, uh, and the history, they right. don't line up. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Most most people that are overly over the top dogmatic about something, many times, Ruff. no, no. Ruff. Hey, Petey, <laughs> um, actually don't know what they think they know. Because when you open up the literature and you show them where they've misinterpreted or they're misquoting, they they're like, yeah, Whoa. but. Yeah, yeah, yeah but. but or when did they change that? Well, it hasn't changed in eighty years. But. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. So, are we powerless or aren't we powerless? Uh, there, there's yes, uh, uh, yes. The short answer, <laughs> yeah, is yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, I, the uh, when I first got in uh, started <clears throat> this 
process, mm-hmm. if you will. It started, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago. Right. Now, I've only been in my new life for 14 or almost 14. So that I'd tell you that, you know, something wasn't working for a while because this whole thing about powerless, I was like, what are you talking about? You're not powerless. You have a choice. You t- have a choice whether or not you want to be laying in the gutter or you want to have a drink or not take a drink, right? That's, I mean, kind of my... That's what, what I'm not my, powerless. My I, I can was choose that way too. Yeah. to drink or not to drink. <clears throat> I right? thought the same way. I could choose to walk across the street or not walk across the street. Mm-hmm. I could choose whether or not to go to work or not go to work or eat the sandwich or eat this whole pizza or whatever it is. You know, spend time with my friends. I, I'm not powerless. I have all the power I in the am world. control over my own destiny. Right, that the control right. word fits in there nicely too, because it it's does. like uh, I'm not going to give up my control to anybody. Because when I did, I I, I I liken that back to like when I was younger, mm-hmm. when you really didn't have a whole lot of control. Mm-hmm. It was basically go do this, go do that, don't do this, don't do that, and <laughs> you either did or you didn't. And then if you you know maybe right. you had some consequences if you didn't. Uh, follow along with what the adults said. So when I got uh, the chance to make my own decisions and have control, uh, I'm like, no, this is, I'm in control, right? Right. And that's where I think that whole uh, process of if everybody would do, just do things my way, everybody think would be fine. You know, uh, because what I was seeing oftentimes, and we see this, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, when I looked around me, I saw a whole bunch of hypocrites. Oh, yeah. I was quick right? to point those out. And, I, and I'm, I'm smart enough. And I got enough common sense. Uh, uh, and, I, and I got the instructions on how to use that common sense. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a whole lot of people in my life that, were, that actually were, even had the common sense. And if they did, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't read the directions. And so I was like, I, I, I can only count on myself. I can... I can Control my own corner of the world. Right. And that's all. I, and I don't, you know, that then that led to, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter to me because mm-hmm. who are you? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for me? You know? You bet. Because uh, the whole thing, everyone's out for themselves because that's what our society tells us. You know, it's in, individual individuality, right? That's what we're taught. You bet. You bet. And so it's all about me. It's all, you know, so you're not going to. Help me because you're out looking for yourself, looking out for yourself. You deserve a break today. <laughs> right. You deserve that. You deserve the best that best can offer. You've earned it, baby. Yeah. You know? You. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we, uh, we, should, we can take a lot from other cultures that, that have a we model. Right? Absolutely. Yes. It's a culture where it's, uh, of, of, of a we, like a family unit where we all work together or a village or, I mean, they've yeah, used it takes that a village to raise a child. People, people that live in communities, that, people that live in communities that are, that are, have that kind of mindset have the, the kids grow up better. They, they have a better healthy outlook on life. Um, but this independence thing, of uh, of nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's, Inanimate objects tell us what to do all the time. I mean, you know, most people, not all, but most people will stop at a red aluminum sign that says stop. But they won't let somebody who's maybe wiser suggest anything to them. But they'll stop at an inanimate object. 
It's it, it it's crazy uh, the way our society lives. So people think they have power. Well, that, right? that's where the the uh, the disconnect comes from from the program. Yeah, you know, of AA or NA or any of the other you know twelve step models. Yeah, or, it's like yeah. it's it's the we right. It's the we of the program. So right. we we can do this together. And so they try to change society model and people get caught up in both sides of this and which, which direction do I go? You know, if we, if everything moved towards a more of a we situation, um, I think we'd all get along better. I mean, there is, I think it's in, I'm just trying to think about this. I think it's in, is in, is in Norway or one of those uh, places over there on that side of the world. Right. They have these like, they have things like, you know, free education. Yeah. Uh, but they also have these like, uh, community living environments where it's like this huge dorm and you've got people from, you know, they got families and they got single people, they got couples, they got, they're all living in one kind uh, of a commune kind of thing yeah, yeah. In, a, in a community. Right. Uh, so that they're, and they're all, they have interaction together. So there's like community meals. Everyone sits down and eats together. You know, everyone looks out for each other. So if, you know, you've got half the people are working, you got they're half watching the kids. Sure. You know, there's, you're going to school, right? You got ten people or more in the same building, same house that you could go get use as resources to you're help doing you your homework together, study, yeah. you're studying together. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of a cool, cool situation. Well, and it and it's interesting because people that are willing to be open enough to to allow other people in their life to help guide and direct them and. and I help you, you help me. That's that's altruism, we call that. Um we we just end up healthier. I mean, we we have more accountability. We get permission for people to maybe call us on our stuff once in a while, and we welcome that even though it can be uncomfortable, but it it, it is a we thing. And and somewhere along the line, we have we have forgotten the the fact that there is power in numbers, you know, uh, even in the beginning of uh, during creation, God saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone, right. so He created we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what uh, kind of games did they have in the we? I don't know. But <laughs> boom, <laughs> that's very good. Uh, so there's I don't know about you, but yeah. Um, I didn't do very well in isolation, even though I th- I thought I was better off. Yeah, no, I didn't either. I, I the only way that I could get healthy or be be better and change my life is is to not isolate and be around other people in the you know the we of the of the world. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, and I get the whole you know uh, people struggling with powerless and control and um <clears throat> and I don't even. I don't even remember which program it was where I it it clicked in my head about um, the whole <clears throat> and this is just my interpretation the whole disease model of uh-huh. addiction right right um, about how your your body chemistry can change to be to the point where you you actually have to have that chemical in your body for yeah, it to your function. brain wiring changes <clears throat> and the whole yeah. disease concept I I I get that and I can. I could be okay with that and looking at it from that perspective because uh, in my life experience, I know that contrary to 
the whatever um, powers that be, um, diseases are curable, right? Curable and I, and I know this for a fact. I know people that have cancer yeah. and have done things that are like natural and healthy and, and been cured. And reversed. And reversed it, right? And at the very least, most of them are treatable. Right. Yeah. I mean, most people uh, die from the, the treatment that they get. More the, more than the they cancer. do that. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so <clears throat> I, in my brain, so if I, if, when I, once I heard that, I can say, okay, then I can do something about it because yeah. I know that it's something that can be treatable and reversed, curable, basically is where I looked at it. And so then I was okay with that. I was looking at that, okay, so what does that look like? And then I was more open to uh, the whole interpretation of, of powerless. Mm-hmm. So I just separate it. Instead of saying that like, I'm, I'm uh, the word powerless, I'm powerless over everything. It's like, no. I'm powerless over that first drug or that first drink or that first behavior that mm-hmm. sends me down that road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To irreversible or at least in my mind, sure addiction. You know, if I'm if I'm in my addiction, I'm like not really caring. I'm not trying to correct it, right? <clears throat> and so now, once once I got that concept in my head and I'm living it out, then that's how I present it to people that I work with. Is no, you're not powerless, right? You have the power to make a choice to pick up that drug or drink. Once you pick it up or that behavior, you lose the then power your choice. choice goes out the window because then your your addiction takes over, your disease takes over. Well, and, and this brings up an interesting dynamic because uh, one of the things we know about obsession is – you can be powerless over something without putting it in your body if God has not removed the obsession. So it's actually not the drug you're powerless over, it's the obsession you're powerless over. And that that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I and so um but what I what I've seen in people that actually follow the directions. I mean I look at something and I, I go, okay, there's three ways to do this thing. And I want to look at what has had the, the, the highest success rate of all, let's say, three three ways to do it. So I'm going to go with that. So I know by my personal experience and, and by my time around the 12-step rooms that the 12-step model to date is still the most effective method in the treatment of many different kinds of addictive illness. And so I look at that and I say, all right, so what does that mean? What is the 12-step model? How is it approached? How do you apply and implement it? And if you do that, that it is very likely that in that process, God enters into the picture and he removes the obsession to drink or use. Once the obsession is removed, now I have power that I never had before and I and it's still not mine. It's still God's. But now I can tap into that. Whereas before I was powerless, I hadn't had a clue. I, I could no more choose not to pick up a drink than turn myself into a rock. But right. today I can do that because of this wonderful gift he's given me called the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. And I can call upon that power to keep me safe. So once I was powerless, today I'm not. Now, here's the here's the tricky thing. 
if I have a knee-jerk reaction to a bad day, not because I'm obsessed, right? Because God's removed the obsession, but because I'm being a knucklehead and I do make a wrong choice and I, at this point, choose to put something in my body, bam, now I've lost the power and choice again. And the obsession returns. And, and now I, I'm in deep And roots. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that's uh, made a wrong choice if they're working a good, if they're working a program. Now, when it comes to substances, I, I agree with you. If, if you are applying and implementing a, a healthy program that has a proven track record, and you do that after God's removed the obsession, something is skewed. You've skipped a step. Right. There's something. If you're really honest with yourself, <clears throat> you're not being real honest with yourself. Well, that's why you know you hear uh, uh, people relapsing after so many years. It's because they 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 stopped doing. They pulled what's back. Working. Yeah. Um, it didn't just happen because it just did. Right. Something's behind it, right? Yeah. And it's usually. I mean, nine times out of ten, it's on us. I just had you know I had this brain fart. Uh, but it just came back to me, um, so <laughs> right. So the, the air came back into the anyway. So uh, it's it, you want to com- compare it to uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, people can relate this to like sports or uh, uh, being a musician, right? Yeah. If you're going to continue to be able to do your, you know, your gig or whatever right, it is. Right, You got to keep practicing, right? You don't just get good one time and then the rest of your life you don't ever It will go keep away. Practicing. You'll lose yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you're if you're playing sports and you're a pitcher and you don't practice or you don't warm up, then you're going to injure yourself and then you're going to be out of commission and you're going to have to go find something else to do. Uh, it's the same thing with, with recovery. You got to keep practicing it you got to keep honing honing your skills uh otherwise you you lose it you know so what do we say to people that and this is this is a great point because people will say okay i found jesus or i found my higher power or whatever and we're good now and they stop going to meetings or they stop making themselves accountable exactly what i just said exactly right yeah but how come they don't if i find out that i'm good at, at at shooting hoops yeah, you got to keep shooting because hoops. I've been playing all, up to that point my whole life. Well, do I stop playing now because now I've been recognized that I, I'm a good player? Right. No, I no. And people would it. be fast to say, "Of course not." But when it comes to right. their recovery, where'd they go, Dave? <laughs> uh, I, you know, and I was uh, a sinner thinking about what you said earlier about you know how you. Working the steps, and then you know, eventually God removes the obsession. You know, sometimes it's, it happens the opposite end, right? Mm-hmm. God removed my obsession before I started really working the steps. Yeah, He'll do that, and that, He'll and do it, that. I mean, because I, I got you know, I got my foot in the door. You know, I stuck my toe in the water, and then I pulled it out, and then stuck it in, and I pulled it out because I, you know, I yeah. still want to control things because yeah. I'm not powerless. Uh, and finally, I, I just surrendered and I realized. <laughs> I need to do something different. Yeah. And through a series of events, you know, I had this spiritual experience and got to remove the obsession, which is kind of scary. If anybody can relate to that, it's like, okay, now what the heck do I do? 
my whole life is totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right? Yeah. I can't, I don't know how to live without some kind of chemicals in my system, but whether, you know, be caffeine or methamphetamines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I, I just got to, and I'm so used to being in control of everything or trying to control everything. Sure. And not being powerless. Um, I don't know. Like now I got to like do the opposite of all that stuff. And like, how, what does that look like? How do I do that? And it's like, uh, it's kind of scary. Yeah. But I keep, I have, in order to get, where I want to go, I have to practice. I have to follow direction. I have to listen to other people that have been successful. Like you said earlier, it's like I want to look at who's been successful and then I want to follow that plan to the best of my ability. Nancy L says, we're never powerless if Christ lives in us. Now, now I, I'm going to, I'm going to not to disrespect Nancy at all, but I'm going to suggest that maybe two of a simplistic statement because I, I think it needs some commentary here. I consider, and I've known people that is, well, I turned my will and my life over to Jesus Christ. Now I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you've actually done that, the word of God says the spirit of God comes to dwell within you. All right. But if the spirit of God is now dwelling within you, right, things are going to happen in your life. There's going to be a change. There's going to be a drive to, to continue in your walk and it's not going to be sitting on your laurels and just expecting to be a good boy or girl. Well, sometimes that doesn't even it doesn't even have that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the turning it over. It's like getting a chunk of wood with one leg coming off of it and calling it a three legged stool. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're missing. You know, you're missing a couple of legs on your stool. You're going to fall over and. Right, because I can. I mean, I've done it before. Before I even I changed my life, mm-hmm. I've listened to people. If you want God to work in your life and you want to change, all you have to do is ask Him into your life, and and you know, bam, bam, it'll happen. Right. Yeah. So I've done that. I mean, I've gone both ends of the spectrum, but um, and nothing happened. Right. 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 Because uh, for one, I wasn't well. At least at the time, I can probably say now. That there there was something God wor- started working in my life, or at least he might, it might have been there before that. I don't know, but um, it's one of those things that we don't recognize because we're not paying attention to it. Too busy doing going the other direction. Mm-hmm. That even if he was standing in front of us waving, mm-hmm. you know what's that? Is that a Linus Morissette song? I don't know. What, what if God was one of us? Oh, right, 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 right. What if God was one of us? So yeah, the video yeah. it shows just some bums on the street, right? Right, and so. It's like even a, you know if God was like like from the movie standing in front of you, you mm-hmm. probably wouldn't. You'd be like, "Who's this kook?" Sure, and and we actually do do that, right? Because God is showing Himself all the time, and we are totally clueless. Where we got these blinders on, and I went through life for a long time uh, with those blinders on until I got to the point where, uh, <laughs> you know, He. Finally, did the old, you know, here's your sign. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough times. Gone. It's like, okay, how many more literal signs do you need me to show you before you get it? And I finally said, okay, I give up. I- I'll give it a shot. And then everything fell into place. And uh, that October 12th, 2000, uh, 2004, uh, I had the veil lifted from my eyes. Mm. Everything became clear, 
right? My obsession was removed. Right. My addiction was removed instantaneously. Uh, but it was, it was very, it was very scary because now it's like, what the heck just happened? And that wasn't by your power. No, that was by God's power. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I had. I mean, I was in detox, and I'm sitting in there, you know, all this stuff's going on, and then I went back to the jail, and I'm having all these visions, and, you know, I'm having the the devil and God talking to me, and, and I'm wide awake. It's not like a dream, mm-hmm. and it just freaked me the hell out. Mm. And I just totally dove into, you know, following Christ and pushed out the, pushed out the devil and... You know, God's been in my life ever since. I'm, so, so I'm not fo- perfect, but so being there's a difference between being a believer and being a follower, right? No matter what it what faith it is, if you're a Buddhist, you can believe that, but if you're not following it, you're really not a Buddhist. You can call yourself a Christian if you mm-hmm. believe Christ is the Son of God, but if you're not following with His power, obviously not yours, but if you're not following Him. Are you really? I mean, I, I have a hard, I have a hard time with this, man. Because I mean, I've told people you need to stop. Mm-hmm. You need to stop t- calling yourself a Christian, because you you say I'm a Christian, and then your whole life is totally opposite of of what a Christian is supposed to right. be. And we're not expecting you to be perfect, right? But the word at least Christian, be quiet about it, right? And until you get some yeah. teach, some training under your belt, yeah, and you're moving in a direction. Your, your your actions in your life should be a demonstration of Christ in your life. Christian actually is, is a derogatory term that the Romans used twice in the New Testament, and it literally means little Christ or mimicker of Christ. So am I mimicking? Am I, am I displaying Christ's likeness in my walk? Or am I still thinking I'm in charge? Right. Uh, and, and so you're right. We put a huge target on our back and the rest of our brothers and sisters when we just say, yeah, I'm a Christian, man. I believe in Jesus. So does the <laughs> devil. Exactly. So you can believe that the 12 steps work. If you don't apply and implement them, they're not going to do anything. You can believe that God is all he says he is. But if you're not a follower, it's not going to apply. Right. So when when Nancy says we're never powerless if Christ lives in us, I wonder about that because because okay, do we now have a power we can tap into? Yes, but I'm still I it's still not my power. And once I start saying it's my power, then I find myself in trouble because I start depending on me again. Uh, I'm going to come to Nancy's rescue here because I think N- Good. N- Nancy uh I think Nancy uh, has Christ in her life, and she's probably living it out and walking it out. Uh, That's why she can but say you this. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so uh, exactly. I mean, sometimes yeah. uh, we don't always have to like have a fourteen-page declaration, right? That's why to I said make that, a statement. That's why I said sometimes it's a matter of semantics. Right. I think her key word here is if. Right, because okay, so then let's let's go on the other side of that. How do you know Christ lives in our life? That goes back to saying your whether or not whether you actually are a Christian or not. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I could believe what it says in the Bible, but if I'm not actually putting it to practice in my life, mm-hmm. what good is it doing me? Right, nothing. Do I really believe 
does Christ live in my life or is he just a book on the shelf? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the person says, oh, that's my sponsor. And he hasn't called him in a year. He's a phone number in your wallet, but that's it. Oh, that's my church over there. When was the last time you went? I go at Easter. So it's not your church. It's where you go at Easter. Right. There's a big difference. Check uh, out. Check that that box. Yeah, check know. the box off. Christmas, Easter. Uh, Vincent W. says powerless in stage addiction. Yes. I'm not sure what stage addiction means. Are you? Powerless I, I, in... I, may, maybe active? I, I, I think maybe... And I'm just throwing it out there. I think maybe he just was uh, had a dyslexic moment. Oh, so powerless in addiction stage. Gotcha, right? gotcha. Left to my own devices, I am going to drink or use, or worse. Right. It goes. I think it goes to what we're talking about. Like I'm powerless uh, after I take that first drug or drink or that I, I engage in that behavior. Yeah, I'm done. Once I put that in my body. In fact, to tell you the truth. You know that that old that old story that you're in treatment sometimes, you know, you're walking down the street, you see a hole, you fall in. You walk <laughs> yeah. down the street, you see a hole, you walk around it, and you still fall in. You walk down the street. you know, eventually you got to walk down another street, right? Right. Um so there are things that I that that if I engage in today, I lose my ability and choice because I, I'm done. So if I go if I'm feeling like using some meth, I'm having one of those funky days and I don't call on God and I don't pick up the phone and call somebody or, or, you know, or talk to my wife about it. I am telling you, once I go to the drugstore and buy a 10 back pack of, of rigs, I'm done. I haven't gone to Portland yet. I haven't bought the dope, but I'm done. And that's where we talk about relapse happening before we actually put the stuff in our body. Um, Linda M. says, yes, what a relief it is to be powerless. I love that Um, because there is a freedom in that. When you really come to the place where you realize, wait a minute, this is God's show. Um, I let go of my will and let my higher power lead me. One of my favorite sayings is pray about everything, worry about nothing. You see that there's that from today's reading, let go and let God. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but sure. Right. Yeah. And by the way, and we talked about this before the show, letting go and letting God doesn't mean we say, well, God, you got this. I'm just going to sit on my laurels and wait for lightning to strike. Because right. I got news for you. Lightning probably isn't going to strike. You know, I'm just going to sit here and pray God gives me a job and eat Cheetos and watch soap operas until right. he gets me the job. Well, I, I, <laughs> I get the one where he's like, well, I'm just going to stay in the I'm gonna stay in the program. Then I'm going to do an internship. And I'm just gonna wait on God to, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, yes, and pray about it. But mm-hmm. you actually have to start down that process. So if you know you have to have a place to live, I just talked about this today. Yeah. If you know you have a pl- get a place to live, you know you have to get a job, you know you have to pay some fines, whatever it is, rebuild a relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. You start that process now. You make a list. How do I start? How do I get to where I want to go? Right. You have to start a process. So maybe you, you maybe you don't know where you're going to live yet. But if you're at the end of your program, maybe you say, okay, I want to stay in this area. So what are my options? Uh, well, it turns out I don't have a whole lot of options. So maybe I stay if I'm in a you know in, in a program where I have the ability to 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 stay past the time of my treatment. Um. 
maybe that's a beneficial thing, right? Yeah. But I'm not that's not my plan. I'm not planning on staying there because it's easier. My hopefully the plan is I'm going to be self-sufficient. I want to get my life back together. I want to get back on track. And wherever God leads that, if it's if it's in a in a, you know, uh some people end up going back and working for the treatment center that they went to treatment at, right? So if it's that or if it's, you know, uh, working in the community or going into ministry work or whatever it or is. Or volunteering. Right. So yeah. it, through that process of your program, you're engaging in things. You're helping other people. You're doing uh, you're doing the next right thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And in that process, God puts things in people in our life to go in the direction that uh, that we're meant to go, if if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then we just, and we got to be able to see those signs and not get in the way. And uh, but this is where putting one foot in front of the other comes into play, right? right. You because you, if you look at all your patriots are uh, 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 of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, they moved one step and then God moved. Like the prodigal son right. started to turn and then the father was there. Uh, uh, Joshua walking across the, the the river Jordan, he put one foot out, and then it dried up. And all that stuff. Right, right. What about that group of people that wandered around in the desert? Yeah, it's because they didn't follow directions. They didn't follow directions. Now they were moving, but they were going nowhere. Yeah. And boy, have I done that! <laughs> I went to meetings for years, three times a day, and I couldn't stay sober because I wouldn't follow directions. Because I want to do it my way. I wanted to do it my way. Yep. And they said, well, just go to meetings. It'll keep you sober. Well, it didn't. Right. Because all I did was went to meetings. Well, and if we shut ourselves off at that point. Right. If we shut ourselves off at, okay, go to meetings. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's where I shut myself off. And then I stop. Yeah, I don't listen then to I'm what's gonna, being said. I'm not open to anything else that happens. It's like, okay, so every other time I've gone out, I've left the treatment program, I've, I've gone back to uh, being an independent contractor or I worked it for cash under the table. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to go back to doing that because I know I can line some things up and I can make some money. Right. Okay, so but what about what – about, uh, uh, retirement. What about health insurance? Uh, what about buying a house? Right. Mm-hmm. Let's look back at all of the times that you were self-employed. How much money did you actually make a year? Yeah. So maybe you should, you know, the whole doing, you know, all the thing I have to change is everything. Right. Maybe this time you need to go get a job where you're punching a time clock. Right. Yeah. There you go. You show up for work, you do your job, you get paid, you get your benefits, you know, and you, the rest of your life is the rest of your life. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to punch a clock. Well, how do you do the opposite of everything you've done before if you're not willing to change that one direction, right? Nothing changes and nothing changes. I, that, I mean, changing. I know someone that's struggling with that right now, but I had to do that myself I, because I, I was self-employed for a long time and I just got... It was so much stress, and it was more conducive to my drinking than anything else. Me too. I had a sign business that was like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, so I need to – and it was in the middle of my addiction when I made this decision. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to have all this stress in my life. So I want to get a job where I just show up, I get paid for doing a job, and I go home. Mm-hmm. You know, 
mm-hmm. on top of that, I get, you know, benefits. And it just happened that that job was my recovery job and everything worked in, in, in God's plan. So, so Dave, how many times have we both seen people get narcotic-free, it's out of their systems, or the alcohol, or whatever it is, and, and, and they're, they've got sobriety. Abstinence? They've got abstinence, and that's it. Yeah. And they, they, they're getting ready to pack their bags and move on, and they go right back, like you're talking about, to the old behaviors that aren't necessarily drinking or using, but they're still the old behavior. So they, they go back into the same business. that Maybe it was a contracting uh, business where everybody was drinking and partying all the time. They go, all right, oh, I, I got this now. I'm in recovery. Or sales. So they go back, or sales, mm-hmm. or, or they go back back shacking up with the, with the gal they're playing house with. You know, I'm, gosh, I see that all the time. It, 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 I can't tell you how many, you know, how many people in the place that we both have worked have left the program and they're playing house again. And pretty soon on Facebook, they're showing how much beer they're drinking. You know, I mean, the old behavior doesn't change. People go into sober living environments where narcotics and alcohol are not tolerated, but every other behavior is okay. Right. Right. So that tells it's, me that they do not understand powerlessness. No, they they don't want to give up control. They don't want to, yeah. You know, because here, the but they don't realize they're powerless. I can almost guarantee you, ninety eight percent of the people that go through treatment, you can spot that before they walk out the door. Before they walk out, you bet. And you try to point it out to them, and they're like, "Yep, yep, yep, not going to go down that road again." And then they walk out the door. And they go right to it because they're still engaging in the same type of behaviors in treatment. Sure. Sometimes they call it something else or they don't even recognize it. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about women and being disrespectful and, you know, glorifying drug use or your history and, you know, talking to, you know, it's just all kinds of different sure little things that can stack up. I like what Donald R said. He goes, I am powerless when I am weak. He is strong in me. There you go. Uh, Steve S. says, all uh, all one has to do is look at his or her own life. Powerless, sure I am. Stephen C., powerless by myself because of my own desires. So these all th- things lead to the suggestion that left to our own devices, we are powerless. Right. Even, I mean, today, I, I'm powerless over other people's choices. I may influence them. I may hinder them. I may encourage them. But their choice is going to still be their choice. What step is that that talks about powerlessness? Step one. Okay. Um, I, I used to love going back to uh, the, the treatment center that I went to yeah. on Saturday mornings and doing a, bringing a meeting. And one of the things that, that I would always say every time, I, every day, every Saturday, is you guys got to, you know, you got to get step one before you leave here. I don't care what else you do. You got to get to step one because if you don't get it, you're not going to get anything. You else. might as well stop at the front desk on the Amen. way out and Amen. reserve a room for a month down the road if you're lucky. You're right. I, I've had I've, I watched guys make it to the airport, and by the time they got to the airport, they were just plastered. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me, me too. I've seen it too. Um, 
so Guy, he says, lack of power, it's what he's quoting here is actually out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. This is on page 45, I believe. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, it says. But where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main uh, object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem. Now, let me just say that if you're powerless and I'm powerless and the whole room is powerless, zero plus zero is zero. So if lack of power is my dilemma, I need a power, right? That's what the book is saying. Why do I need a power? Because that's a power, uh, and we both have experienced this in our life, that will do for us what we can't do in the state of being powerless. And, and so we, you and I, and many people we know, have turned our will and our lives over to that power. And it's still not our power, but it's, it's him. And as long as we tap into that, as long as we continue to lean on that power, then we're in pretty good shape, even in the midst of a horrible day. Right. Right? Um, so that, that's the book's take on it, is lack of power was our dilemma. Not alcohol, not narcotics, lack of power. Or misplaced power. Or misplaced power. Yeah. And so I know that when it, it, in, in the past, when I have picked up again, one of the things that, that my sponsor pointed out to me was, you may not understand powerlessness. Because evidently you thought you had power. And he was right. I, you know, and I, every time I hear this, I, 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 get, I cringe. Yeah. Because I think we do people a disservice. And and I try not to do that anymore. I haven't done it for a long time. The whole thing about, you know, what you just said. Mm-hmm. We have to put that into context. We do. Powerless over our addiction if we take that first drug or that first drink. Right? Other than that, you know, to me, I have power. I have the power of free will, and I can make a choice Well, now on what I do with my life. Even in my addiction, if I get to the point where I'm tired and I want to do something different, I have to have enough power in myself to make a decision to realize but that. But where does that power can, come from? Does it come from you? I used to think so. That used to right the key yeah that's what I'm saying that's why I kept going through the revolving door See, because because one of the thing one of the things when I when I talk to people about if I'm sitting down with somebody to try to figure out if they're an alcohol abuser or if they're an alcoholic is I say okay so when when you when you put alcohol in your body do you have little or no control over how much you drink or how often yeah I pretty much I lose all control okay. Some would say that's the phenomenon of craving. It certainly is a sign. It's a red flag that, that there's a problem here. But let's talk about what happens when you're stone cold sober. That's what I want to know. Are you obsessing? Are you watching the clock? Are you? I mean, is that all you're thinking about? Is that drink after work? Is that is that tail wagging the dog when you're sober? 
Are you just waiting for Friday to come? Right. And so what I'm saying, what I'm saying here is, is it possible that when I'm stone cold sober, I'm powerless? Have I lost the power in choice somewhere? Uh, and now the book would okay. suggest that's that's true. But okay, here here here's where the the conflict might come in. Okay, or the argument. I, this is was presented to me uh, as we were talking about thoughts and actions, right? Yeah, you can think whatever the heck you want. Okay, it matters what you do. So even if I think about it, yeah, and I, uh, you know, even if you go as far as to uh, say maybe I'm obsessing about it because I can, I can obsess about lots of things. Mm-hmm. But what do I do? Do I actually go and I do I actually use? But doesn't your think can't your thinking actually lead to your decision making? If, if allow- I let it, right, right. So that's <laughs> once I let it. Once I take that first drink, that first drug, that first behavior, first pull of that that machine, mm-hmm. or, or whatever now it is, now you've lost the power and choice. Then right? I've lost, then I'm powerless. Okay. So then, let me ask you this, Dave. Though, so especially if, if I, afterwards I'm going, oh man, why did I do that? But but what about? And I've said this to myself: if I could have, if I had the power and choice, I would have chose not to. I didn't wake up today saying I'm going to run over the neighbor's dog with my car because I'm drunk and lose my wife and alienate everybody. I have, I'm not choosing to do that. Well, that's what, what I'm talking exactly. What I'm talking about it. As soon as you decide that you're going to use, then all bets are off. Then you are powerless. Okay, that's when that's giving you lose the, the house and the wife and your dog gets run over by a right. truck. Right. So I'm still sober in the sense that I don't have it in me. But I've made I've made the decision to give into that, and I'm done. Yeah, because if you don't, I mean, you can still we classify that sometimes as a dry drunk, right? I, I had a guy. Uh, it was a good good. He was he was in my aftercare counselor one year, and then we became friends. And you know, he was a mentor, and he told me a story about. And I might have told you this before, but his first year of uh, out of treatment, his wife finally said, "You need to either." Start drinking again mm-hmm. or go back to treatment mm-hmm. because you're a lot easier to deal with when, when you're, you're drinking. Drunk. Yeah. Right. So a uh, year yeah. into, into his abstinence, I'll say, uh, he went back to treatment and, you know, figured out what he had missed along the way. Is it possible for, and, and you know this as, as somebody that's in the field, uh, as uh, somebody who's certified in this area, is it possible for uh, somebody to have through their using and drinking, um, actually change, change their brain chemistry to the point that even though they're not putting any chemicals in their body, they're so messed up, they, they don't have the ability to make the right choices, and so they need some very specialized care? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a certain point where you've, you've done enough damage to yourself that, you know, initially you, you would need, maybe need some extra assistance. I mean, the, the big book talks about it, right? That anybody can, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Anybody recover can recover if they have the capacity to be honest with themselves. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people don't even have that, and so someone else needs to intervene and uh, and that to help get them down that road. It doesn't mean later on down the road that they, after they've yeah. had a period of sobriety and abstinence 
in healing that they can't be successful and and be you know just like everyone else i mean sure. you know the i just talked to the guy today and he he talks about how he's always like he, as he's talking he's always like counting the days right yeah and he always talks about you know i had 6 months i had 3 months i had 18 months i you know what i mean and it's like well maybe that's part of your problem maybe you need to stop counting how about just focus on today? His focus is off. Yeah. Just focus on the next 24 hours. I can stay sober today, and I'm going to do the next right thing today. And I'll worry about tomorrow when it comes, and tomorrow usually works itself out. Um, but our bodies are amazing. Your human body is an amazing uh, machine. It will, uh, re- it will replace... Regenerate every yeah. cell in it, in every cell in your body will be replaced. Uh, it takes about seven years. So you figure, I mean, it sounds like a long time, but if you <laughs> one day at a time, right, right, kind of thing. Um, eventually, you get to the point where your 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 body has restored itself. Now, as as those that time goes by, what you put into your body, what you put into your mind, right, will help it heal faster. Or um, slow it down. Or slow on. down. Yeah. Um, or stay stuck or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, that's uh, having that knowledge and being able to separate it from like, okay, that's that's down the road. And I can't worry about that. I, all I can worry about, all I need to worry about is today. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Solutions for life today. Right. That's that's the whole point of, of, of why I called it that is because the solution is in dealing with life one day at a time. Right. Now, I, I made the decision, and the big book talks about this too, to be done with drinking for good and for all. But the way I live that out isn't in tomorrow. Right. It's in today. So to say, well, did you make a – you can't make a commitment not to ever drink again. Yeah, I can. But I can't live that out any further than this 24-hour period. And so I, I, I don't even think about – how am I going to deal with with something that comes up tomorrow? I don't know. Right. I I, I can't waste my time thinking about that. This last. Well, that's why we have to do. We have to do everything in our in our ability to live the best life we can every day. You've heard people talking about you know uh, about how you treat others, right? So if, right. If every day we're the best person that we can be, then we don't have any regrets down the line when some we lose somebody in our life, or if you know tomorrow doesn't come for us. At least we've taken care of uh, things in our life, and we're, we've taken care of the people in our life. So there, we're not leaving behind someone that's that's yeah. broken that we've we've haven't fixed. We haven't we haven't done our part to correct the situation. You lay your head down on your pillow and go sleep. Chris A. The last comment here says, "No, I have a choice. The power to choose. I choose life. I choose Jesus. And today, as I sit here." I have, for the first time in my life, uh, and I don't mean today as the first time, but when I'm saying figuratively speaking, for the first time in my life, I have I have the ability through the power of God to tap into his power, and I can live a successful and productive life. There was a time I was so messed up, I didn't have the ability to do that. And some folks came alongside me, and they put their hand out, and they said, come with us. And I and I had just enough willingness, just a little bit of willingness, which I think came from God anyway, 
to say, okay. And I, and, and we went on this journey together and it's been the mar- most marvelous things that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you listeners, you don't want to miss it. Right. You really don't. I mean, life is amazing now. I mean, if you, if, if we, if I would have been sitting in with a couple of guys talking about this 14 years ago, I <laughs> said you're a bunch of crazy yeah. goofballs. Pass you better the bong, stop, baby. Yeah, you better put the bong down or put the, put the meth pipe down because you you've been just you've been huffing the the freon too much or something. We are out of time, but listen, if you'd like to send in a, a crazy story like uh, uh, Jason did from San Luis Obispo, please send us an email at take12radio at comcast.net. That's T-A-K-E, the number 12, radio at comcast.net, and we'll use it for an icebreaker um, as long as it's uh, appropriate, not <laughs> too bizarre, although some of them can get pretty bizarre, uh, but send them to us. Um, it, it, we like to have fun with those. Uh, Dave, our closing song is by Mark Elder, recovery recording artist. And this is a prime example of a person in their state of powerlessness. Uh, This song is called, If I Don't Get a Drink, I'll Die.
getting down and real with his song, If I Don't Get a Drink, I'll Die. That's Mr. Mark Elder. Listen, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you that you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.